What is up, good people? Welcome to Music Mostly, the podcast where we celebrate the music that is important to us. Thank you so much for joining us. Our stated intention at this show is to inspire you to spend a little bit more time actively listening to music. First and foremost, shout out to the very good people in the hospitality and service industries. As we leave you and head into our in-between season break, I implore you to be patient when you go out. I ordered some wings from my local spot last night. Shout out Pizza and Bones in Dryden. We got quoted a time of 45 minutes for carryout and two hours for delivery. I was like, 45 minutes? The dude was like, man, we are so short. And I had to check myself. He was right. I ordered an extra set of wings and patiently waited for my pickup time. Everybody's short-staffed. Everybody is slammed. So how about we all do our part in order early? Building some extra time on our end. My dumbass knew that I wanted wings hours before I called. I had the time. Anyway, remember, kindness never goes out of style. If you're out and about, please mask up, and no matter what, tip like a rock star and don't be a dick. You guys got anything to add to that? That was perfection. Nice work, Will. It's time to talk about music. It's time to talk about life. My name is Will Olson, and I am ecstatic to be joined by my good friend, regional icon and loverer of the coverers, Mr. James Raymond Scott. Hello, Jimbo. Hey, hey, hey. How are you this week? I'm, I'm okay. Don't get me started. Don't ask me that kind of question. <laughs> oh, boy. That is a hell of a thing for it. you to say to me, <laughs> son. <laughs> How Don't dare even. You. Oh, we are joined by audio engineer, jingle master, and Penn Island Amusement Park ticket taker, Mr. Brian Garter. How are you, Brian? <laughs> I am good. Very good. Are you really a ticket taker at Penn Island Music Park? <laughs> if only. It's my, it my dream job. I just, it's never come through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys, before we get going, I'd like to remind you that we tweet the playlist to our shows a few days before the episode so you have a chance to listen to the music that we will be talking about today. So follow us on Twitter at Music Mostly Pod. On to the show. Guys, anyone who's been to the Waffle House can tell you that no one goes for waffles, they go for the hash browns. Beautiful, glorious, golden brown hash browns with all the toppings one could shake a metaphorical stick at. You can get them in any combination of grilled onions, hickory smoked ham, diced tomatoes, jalapeno peppers, grilled mushrooms, Burt's chili, and some anonymous <laughs> sausage gravy. You can get them grilled in a ring mold or slap dashedly scattered on the grill. But none of these preparations are anything, anything at all, without a gooey layer of American cheese melted on top. The classic Preparation, and my personal favorite, is hash browns scattered on the grill, smothered in grilled onions, and covered in American cheese products. So classic is this preparation that the Waffle House has trademarked the phrase, scattered, smothered, and covered. This is one of exactly three situations where American is the best choice of cheese. The other two are, in order, atop eggs and bacon in a fast food breakfast biscuit sandwich, and atop a grilled backyard burger. I'm not saying that you can't have American in other situations, but I am saying that in these three circumstances, you cannot do any better. There was a Waffle House in the parking lot of the strip mall where I had my first job, and I was known to go in late night and order a quadruple order scattered, smothered, and covered like an undergrad orders a quad shot in their coffee during finals. 
Just hearing the waitress yelling to the lone cook, quad order, scattered, smothered, and covered, and hear the cook call it back was heavenly. It made me want to be a better cook. And also, things are just better when they're covered. So tonight, good people, we're going to establish a proud tradition at Music Mostly, whereby we spend the season finale talking about covers. This time around, we're going to share some of our favorite covers of entire albums. And we're also going to reflect back on season two. But before we get to that, Jimbo, what you been listening to lately? Well, I got to tell you, I, uh, I was watching this uh, BBC uh, sitcom called Plebs. I won't go into why it's ridiculous, but it is on many levels. Um, and uh, but all of the, the entire soundtrack is like, I, it, I don't think we call it first wave ska. I think it's just ska. It's like the original ska. It's really, really great ska. Like, it's just so good to the point where I've been listening to that, that like Spotify mix. And then it, it led me to other things and been a really good time with old Scott. I went back to Lemon Demon after about a year and a half. Oh, Lemon Demon, yeah. Yeah, and it's like ridiculous. They have this song that just like describes the plot of Jaws. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Uh, and then... Shark um, wins. Yeah, exactly. And, and also, uh, um, uh, uh, simil- similarly, or exactly where I, I, I came upon Lemon De- Demon, uh, uh, Bear Ghost. Oh, Ghost you Bear. guys turn me on to them. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. like a, it's like Halloween music. It's it's awesome. It's like pirate ska. Pirate ska, Halloween, Halloween pirate ska. Yeah, very much. Yeah, it's a little gogol bordello thrown in for good measure. It's clean though. It's plastic, squeaky clean. Yeah, it's like there's nothing gritty or naughty about it, other than its actual subject matter. <laughs> I mean, like. The sound is clean. Yes, yes. The content, so dirty. Brian, what have you been listening to? Uh, a lot of different stuff. I've just been kind of going on some journeys with playlists. So journey? Listen to Journey? No, journey, yes, yes. Steve Perry and his entire catalog. I was in danger. I was about to stop believing. <laughs> I, need, I needed a talking to. Don't stop believing. Um, but... What was the last thing that was like? Uh, block Party. This is a Block Party. Oh, it's been a while. Um, what else was in there? Space Hog. Oh, Ooh. it's been a while. Uh, Fishbone. I love Fishbone. Um, yeah. A lot That's of just, like- yeah, different, weird. I'm trying to like look at this playlist that I was listening to. There's a bunch of stuff. Queens of the Stone Age is on there. Nice. nice. What about yeah, you? Nice. What, 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 have you been, what have you been rocking? Uh, uh, I've been listening to Tupac lately. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was thinking about it today, just now. I was listening to Tupac, and I was thinking about how uh, how good a rapper he is. And I, and I don't mean to—I mean that—that's pretty obvious. But it's like if you strip away all of the lore around Tupac and and, and everything else, and and obviously the fact that he was killed, uh, and just listen to him rap. Like it's just easy to to get caught up in the personality and just kind of not notice how amazing. A rapper he was yeah uh, which is you know i, I don't know I, it just kind of struck me as i was like man like he's just so much bravado and so much uh outside of the actual rap that is that was tupac and uh but man god he could just go and go and go and go and go yeah. and go and it was so yeah. good and it was like I, I don't know how somebody could sound as laid back as Snoop Dogg and as vicious as DMX, like at the same time. It's true. You know, and it just like, 
Oh, it just blows me away. So that's what I'm listening to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's take a break because when we come back, we got a lot to cover. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hello. <laughs> And we're back. Uh, so this is our season two finale. And because this subject is so near and dear to us, we are going to spend every season finale from now until forever talking about cover music because we just, we can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on about this. Uh, and we will do so in this form. So Jimbo, you had something you wanted to bring up uh, before we really got into this. Well, I'm, I'm really going to get us into this because I want to talk about covers motivation behind doing covers uh let's start there let's start there there are a few reasons that you would do a cover uh one you would do a cover yeah number one it makes you money because you're a wedding singer um that's what you do or you're a cover band or whatever you are um that's not interpretive it's it could be interpretive but it isn't necessarily it's just it's for the sake of giving the people the things they want there are some right, things you're not, you're not putting your spin on anything. You're just nah, no, not really. No, but I mean, it's like you know, you're 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 doing. There are some things I really like doing, and some things I fucking really can't stand. So that you're not doing it because you're doing it because that's what people want to hear. Okay, but if you get to a point where you have arrived somewhere and you can celebrate a song, that's another reason to do it. You're celebrating mm -hmm. a song. You're putting a spin on a song. You're saying this is a great song. I want to put a different spin on it and see, and, and I don't care if it, you know what I mean? I don't care. It doesn't need to, it doesn't need to wow the crowd. It's wowing me. It's making me happy, you know? So that's like when you sing single ladies at the wedding. So, so all the single ladies, yeah. Uh, no, uh, I, I actually never do that at the wedding. Oh, um, I think you could pull it off. You're really, you're really distracting me here. Yeah. Um, so that is, um, so, okay, when you get to that point when you can celebrate music and you can put a different spin on the other, the other reason is that, it'd be like, hey, you know, this is a great song. I'll give you an example. Uh, Tears for Fears, uh, Mad World. Oh, nobody, song, yeah. nobody prefers the Tears for Fears version over the, the version from, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, from Donnie Darko. I forget. Gary yeah. Jules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I kind of like them both, but honestly, the. <laughs> well, there is the, the whole, better. like. You know, an artist will take a song that somebody else has already put out, but then, like, make it theirs, a la Jeff Buckley, Hallelujah. Right. Hendrix, Watchtower. Okay, so you can do a record and, and have all your own original music, throw one cover on it, and it, it's it's seamlessly integrated. Frank Black doing Hang On To Your Ego. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just whoever it is doing doing a cover in the middle of their record, and it's 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 seamlessly integrated into the flow of their record. Or you can do a, a band doing a cover album, celebrating a bunch of songs that, uh, uh, that, that, that kind of help them become a musician, help them, and they want to celebrate that, respect them, reinterpret them. First of all, let's go back. A couple of great, um, uh, and first of all, Christmas albums don't count. Uh, they are essentially cover records, but they don't count. But a couple of really good ones, Deftones is really good. Uh, Duran Duran has a good one. Um, a rhinoplasty by Primus, uh, which is, you know, you know, again, rarities and B-sides, that sort of thing. Um, there's a handful of really great ones. 
But then there's the, the tribute record where, you know, it's like everyone's doing Leonard Cohen songs and they're all covers. That's another type of cover record. But those are not what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about a band taking an entire record and covering the entire thing. Now, these are rare. There are these not are rare. There are not that many out there. There really aren't. It's ballsy. It's ballsy as hell. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's tough as hell to actually pull this off. Not many people can do it. And when it's done right, it's really, really awesome. And I'll just say, again, for, you know, the uh, Easy Star All-Stars, is, it would be my number one up there. Doing Which reggae one? covers. Uh, well. Dub Side of the Moon? Uh, Dub Side of the Moon's really good. I listened to that today. I listened to Radio Dread also. And I also listened to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts dub band. I did not listen to Thriller because it's just kind of lame. But they're three out of four, and I think... is So is Radio Dread, is that a Radiohead album, or is that just an album of Radiohead songs, but not necessarily a Radiohead? No, it's OK oh, Computer. Oh, oh. It's, okay, it's computer. OK Computer. Yeah, okay. yeah. it's like from, from front yeah. to back, and it's it's pretty incredible. Um, so good. I think oh, it's, the Paranoid it's, Android on that is... Right, and the thing I respect the most absurd. about that is... Well, that and also on the dub side of the moon, they, they actually... So traditionally, reggae is 4-4. There's no other way that it happens. It's it, except when these guys come along and turn uh, money? money into it, but also paranoid Android in that yeah. instrumental section. There's like sevens and nines and shit in there that they're doing. It's really good. But then there are other things that they handle. Like um, when I'm sick, uh, not when I'm 64, what's the other one? Uh, I get by with a little help from my friends, right? Yeah. That's a waltz, but not when they do it. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. Right? When they do when it, when Joe Cocker does it, yeah, kind of. When Joe Cocker does so, yeah, it's still waltz. Yep. But when when they do it, you know, come on, they they made it four four and did it. But like, there's other things that were in odd time signatures. They just went ahead and kept them that way. Yeah, it's hard to do. It's awesome. So I'm just saying, they're my favorites. They win. They win? I think we should just end the episode right now. Okay. <laughs> We're not going um, <laughs> so just to. So just to kind of piggyback off that, I chose to talk about uh, in 2009, Cheap Trick put out Sgt. Pepper live. <sighs> so this is, uh, they Trick. performed the, the album in its entirety. They did it for two weeks in Vegas. Um, and I don't know if the recording is like one particular show or if they picked, but I mean, it's, they go from song to song the way the album does seamlessly. So I think it might just be, they just picked one night and, and did it, but it's, they kill it. I mean, it's a straight up cover. Like they don't reinterpret anything. They do it. They're pretty true to the album. It's, it's totally just homage by, by guys. You can tell that this was an album that just got them into music and they really wanted to do it. And, uh, it's awesome. I mean, it just, it, it is, the way that they pull it off is, is amazing. It, it's a, it's a, a thrilling listen and I highly recommend. Uh, it also has uh, Jonah Osborne on uh, lead oh, vocals yeah. on Lovely Rita. Jonah, nice. is that a. Uh, what if God was one God of us? God was one of us, yeah. yeah. I can't, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Was that her? That was. Uh, Why the hell Crow. are you so sad? Oh, Cheryl Crow. Yeah, that's God Cheryl Crow. It. Oh, I, it was still John Jonah. Though, <laughs> okay. look it up. She was at the haunt. She was at the. 
Um, I also, uh, I have a funny story about uh, Joan Osborne, what if God was one of us. It was uh, my neighbor, when I lived back in town, they, my neighbors were uh, this is these older retirees, these old hippies, and they, the woman had a band and they would play Porch Fest. And so one year leading up to Porch Fest, her and her band, they, they were like recording, a, they wanted to record a video for their cover of What If God Was One Of Us. Okay. And so they, they were in the park across the street from where I lived, and they, they must have played that song 30 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had like these, uh, this multi-layered, during the chorus, they had like this multi-layered vocals, like these harmonies and stuff going on that aren't in the actual song. And it just, it was so uplifting. I mean, it really, uh, it really kind of made the song a little less like sarcastic sounding and a little more really like kind of uplifting, which, which I appreciated, but it just, mm. I can't hear that song now without thinking about that moment <laughs> of my life. Did you, did, did you toy with the idea a little more that maybe God was in fact one of us? I actually, I, so I have this, uh, this harebrained, not even, I won't even say half cooked. It's like 10% cooked idea of for like a screenplay or a book or a movie or something. Uh, who am I kidding? Like a made for TV movie at best. But, uh, that's if I wrote it. Um, that it's like, what if all of the like homeless people that you saw talking to themselves really were talking to God? Like, what if they really were right? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, made for TV at best. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, watch, I'd watch it. I'm in. Sold. Um, Brian, which, uh, which album did you want to talk about? So I was originally going to talk about Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Yeah, but they don't. Okay. But none of those are entire albums. It's like a genre, but it's not like they take an album and cover the whole thing. Well, right. When then, I, and then I also realized that that's not... See, as an aside, good people, this is, the, this is the way this text message conversation between us goes every time we talk about this. Are we talking about an album of covers or a cover that's full of an album? Or, or It's really what, hard to word. Just, it's really hard to get the, the wording word. Right. And, and you can just talk in circles all day long about it. But I digress. <laughs> so, yeah, the... Uh, what I ended up listening to was Rosie Carney, which I've never heard of. She's fairly new. And I wanted to see what was out there that people are doing more recently with cover albums, which there's not a lot, I've realized. But uh, she does Radiohead's The Benz. Oh, see, I love that album. Me too. And I love that album as well. And this is like, it's totally stripped down. It's very like stark like just acoustic guitar with very minimal some like electronic elements and then like orchestral stuff it's haunting it's beautiful and it's definitely not spot on you know like it's not she takes liberties and changes things and or the way it sounds but it's it's fantastic and i think everyone should listen to it uh, probably because the bends is like Undisputedly, Radiohead's best album. Um, I don't necessarily think it's their best album, but I like it a lot. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> it is very good. Um, Let's just start that conversation just, right now. 
Uh, uh, it's, this, my, it's my favorite of their of their albums. I understand that, why it's not other people's favorite of their albums. And my favorite Radiohead song is not on it. I, I would say Paranoid Android is my favorite Radiohead song. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I like you again. Well, if you should listen to this then. You're, you're, I definitely will check this out because I love that album so good. And I would love to hear uh, somebody else's like stripped down version of Fake Plastic Trees. It, yes. And that, it's it's really good. That That's when you start... Once it hits that, it hits a stride, and it was it was wonderful. I'm pretty sure I've heard Dewa sing that song. That's uh, at Felicia's. Dewa's uh, played just. That's a that's a ballsy cover. Like if yeah. just you and an acoustic guitar playing fake plastic. That wasn't acoustic. Like, he had an electric guitar. He, he likes his effects. Um, I'm pretty sure I heard Dewa's play that song at at Felicia's. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, that was good. Be a good one. Well, you guys want to talk about anything else, cover-wise? <laughs> so I really much. thought we were going to talk we a lot longer than this. Yeah, we weren't allowed to talk about it. Uh, There's well. restrictions that we're allowed to talk about. No, no, go ahead. You, you, you just Actually, I was thinking, like, up. isn't our local girl do, like, an album of uh, Danzig covers? Um, Brian, is? what's her name? I, I don't know who you're talking about. Danzig covers? Yeah, what is her name? Uh, she's an Ithacan. I'm not sure who you're, t- who you're uh, Maya Vidal. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're t- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she does a whole record of, of Danzig covers, like all stripped down like that. Is that a thing? That would yeah. be amazing. I didn't know that. That sounds good. Yeah, I've heard a couple tracks. Maybe, maybe it's not a whole record. I think maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel like Schaefer like force, tried to force feed it to me one night when we were closing the bar. And I was like, he he enjoys it, yeah. I, I, it's good. It's really good. She's really good. Do you know what's an interesting cover? And I'd love to get your opinion on it. Is what do you think of Cake's version of "I Will Survive"? Do I you love think it. that is. Do you think it's taking the piss, or do you think it's homage? I like it very much. I um, it's tired. Yeah. It's tired, and it sounds tired next to the original, but that's their yeah. sound. The, and, yeah. Every. I mean, everything. It's tough to wonder if it's purely like in the vein of like I love the song because everything about Cake sounds sarcastic. Yeah, I'm gonna. I don't want to say. I don't want to say tired. Deadpan. It sounds deadpan. It is that, yeah. right. Um, and and like okay, we'll listen to other things they do that already sound that way, like Guitar Man or um, Oh Rui, don't take your love to town. You know, like other things like that yeah. that they do. But oh, the what about the War Pigs cover? Now that's just oh, I do like the War Pigs cover. That's just come on, that's, that's next that's, level. That's, good. that's up there with um, two. Oh, so two things about War Pigs. Well, or one that's up there with like the Cardigans cover of Iron Man, like as just like this, just <laughs> flipping it on its head, you know, and and just reinterpreting it completely. Yeah. Um, also, so I used to cook at the Boston Beanery with this guy. Uh, and his name was Dave. I won't say his full name, but um, he and I like he's a huge metalhead. And like I was, I was a pretty big metalhead. But like I'm also kind of like a um, like a sponge. Like if 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 I'm with one person and they're into metal, then I'm super into metal. And I'm like, all right, we're just gonna do that. That's great. <laughs> and anyway, we were like drinking vodka and taking like chasing shots of vodka with shots of Mountain Dew off the soda fountain oh. at like eight in the morning doing prep one day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, um, and this new, this new woman who was working with us and she was probably a little younger than us, but um, 
somebody, came, it was her and the two of us before, because we were there for like an hour before everybody else got there in the morning. And uh, somebody was like, so how's, how's it working out? And she's like, uh, she was like, I don't know, those two, I don't know about those two. Those two, uh, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. And somebody was like, no, 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 they're just fine. They're, like they're, you know, it's totally cool. And like she, uh, the woman who said this to the new girl said that as soon as she said that, she turned around. They both looked at us, and War Pigs was playing, and we both just like had like knives in the air, going "Generals <laughs> gathered in," and then we both like stabbed the cutting boards with the knives. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about them. <laughs> like, yeah, they're totally oh, those two, fine. They're fine. I can't. I can't see where she was going. <laughs> harmless. <laughs> Definitely don't worry about the four shots of vodka they each took. <laughs> it's not. I think the Mountain Dew would be more of a threat than anything else. You get all hopped up on that. <laughs> At eight in the morning, I, I feel like the two just canceled each other out. It was nice and smooth oh. through the lunch rush. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a speedball. Oh, uh. God, I used to love doing lunch with him, man. It would just be the two of us and a dish person. And, I mean, we would do, like, uh, absurd numbers, like 150, 175 covers, just two of us just ripping. It was just, Damn. oh, it was so good. It makes the hair on my arms stand up thinking about it. <laughs> but, anyway, uh we could talk about kitchen music. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, but we should have that episode at one point. We should, and we will in season three. That's a yeah. teaser. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll probably talk a little bit more about covers, and then we're just going to kind of reflect upon season two. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, you guys got, uh, we're going to reflect upon season two here in a second, but do you guys have anything else you want to touch on cover-wise before we get into that? Yes. Um, St. Vincent just released an amazing cover of Metallica's Sad But True. Oh, wow. Oh. So, um, listen to that. <laughs> that is good. Also, um, Miley Cyrus just released a cover of Nothing Else Matters with like oh, an yeah. all-star lineup of people. Wow. Yes. Also, which was very and, good. And it's good. It's it's uh, um, is St. Vincent's like a straight up cover Sabbath True or is it a reinterpretation? It's somewhere in the middle. Okay. It, there's it, there's no way it can be a straight up cover. Like there's there's no mistaking that it's sad but true, but she kind of puts her St. Vincent thing. Yeah. Yeah. But but like you know, it's like you know it's the song All for right. sure. It's uh it's not American Badass by Kid Rock. <laughs> 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 Um, if only. If, <laughs> if only. Speaking of covers, um, the uh, no that my bastard. Is, he, he 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 ruined two songs. <laughs> I shouldn't say. Well, I don't know. That I don't, <laughs> that song's uh, just not I, not for me. But when you put Warren Zevon and and and, and Skinner, Skinner together, and, the mashup. Also, you're, you're pushing it at that point. That's all I can say. I, I have like a love hate rock love hate relationship with Kid Rock. But uh, I mean, but obviously, obviously those uh, the the riffs are so similar and they're so close. It, it was only a matter of time before somebody did that. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the thing is the thing you got to respect about the kid is. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Are you are you you're on a first name basis? No, no, no um, it's, it's they're both proper nouns. The kid, okay, okay. Um, is uh. He's unapologetic about what he does. Like he is all in on, on what he does, and you can't. So it's like you can't get mad at him for it because he's oh, I, like, I, I can. Yes, I can. 
No, no. <laughs> I feel like he has, he seems to have a pretty good sense of humor about himself. About the persona that is Kid Rock. Okay. That's what I'll say about that. But uh, Miley Cyrus's cover of Sabbath True is, or not Sabbath True, but Nothing Else Matters, is, um, I can't remember off the top of my head who the other artists are on that track. But it's like they all kind of show off in their respective parts. But her, like, she can pull it off. Like, like it's easy to forget that she can fucking sing. Yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, she, she did a couple. Bail. She did a few different yeah. things. She did um, Doll Parts, I Hold. Oh, it's a good one. Which was a very good cover. And then that came out right around the same time. She did, like, a bunch of covers. I wonder if she put out a cover album. Uh, she did a Saturday Night Live performance years and years and years and years ago. She came on, it was the week after Katy Perry was on, and Katy Perry came on and did, uh, Wait, I know she did Roar, and I want to say she did Teenage Dream. No, California Girls. She did California Girls. My favorite, anyway, my, my favorite but, version of Roar is Ruskaya. <laughs> I bet that's a good one. It's amazing. Oh, uh, but um, it's li- vocals and tuba. That's it. <laughs> It's so <laughs> like more. You remember morphine? Um, oh, dude, we were listening to morphine at work the other day. Yeah, I love morphine. But uh, the drug, not the band. Really enjoy. Morphine. Yeah, we were just listening to somebody who took. Morphine. Well, that's that's no. what was funny about it is that uh, my buddy at work was like, "This might sound weird to someone who wouldn't know, but uh, how do you feel about some morphine?" <laughs> like. I feel great I am, about that. I am pro morphine. Um, no, the uh, then Miley Cyrus came in the next week and she did uh, Racking Ball and uh, what was the other one? Da dee da dee. We like to party that one. And yeah. um, she did that one. It was just her and and a person playing acoustic guitar, and she just like just ripped it. Like it was a, it was. An amazing stripped down performance. And I just remember it was almost like kind of like an in your face Katy Perry. Like, kind of like almost like because she just kind of <laughs> at the time was like being lumped in with these other like pop, you know, divas. But right. I, I feel like her voice is demonstrably better than a lot of this. She can go different places, I think, yeah. a lot easier. Bigger range. Just, uh, she's very attractive, also. That helps. As is Katy Perry. It does, it does okay, I, I don't. I can't. I don't have a visual on Katy Perry. I guess I've never looked at her before. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Have you have you been living in a in a bunker? Or I don't watch television. I listen to music. I'm, a, I'm aware of her work. I am a very. I'm very aware of her work. Believe me. Well, you're um, working on a cover of Firework, right? Are you not? Yeah, we're somewhere. We're somewhere along. We're somewhere. So, so like violins. Last, the last one I heard was just a lot of violins. Yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> that's it. We're, it was I was stuff. trying to uh, change the tempo and give it a little more spunk, but uh, yeah, give up. The on that. the use of that song in the interview by, with Seth Rogen and uh, James Franco that that's is amazing. I don't know if you have ever seen that movie, but the use of that song in it is amazing. <laughs> I think, oh, yeah, nice when they go to person. Korea? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is such a good movie. That's so good. Yeah. Who told you margaritas were gay? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's pivot and reflect. 
on wait. season two. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, wait, wait. Got to I have one more thing just because I had to look it up. And holy shit, I did not realize that uh, this Miley Cyrus cover, Nothing Else Matters, features Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Robert Trujillo, the bass player from Metallica, uh, Metallica fucking Yo-Yo Ma. What? Yeah. yeah. Elton John. What? And then Watt. I don't know who that is. But Oh, Mike Watt? No, no, W-A-T-T, Watt. I don't know what Watt is. I don't either. Is, is that a person? Uh, some name? sort of, per- I don't know. Anyway. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's all over the place. And there's, <laughs> I did there's not know a, that. Um, there is a cello solo. Oh, cello solo. God damn, there is. Yeah. That's right. And it's, it's it's not even Yo-Yo Ma. It's that guy from the Chili Peppers. So, uh. Yeah. That's, actually, that's <laughs> what makes Smith it really cello impressive. On the song. That's what really makes it impressive. <laughs> Yo-Yo um, Ma's playing guitar. Ladies and gentlemen, Elton John on the drums. <laughs> Who knew? That's how, much, that's how much money we're throwing at this thing. Multi-instrumentalists <laughs> coming out of the woodworks. Oh, oh all right. Man. Okay, so... Um, season two, man, that's it in the bag. Thank you. Good people for listening. We're going to reflect upon it just real quick, guys. I have a couple questions. First, what is the, your favorite moment from like an album that you hadn't listened to before we did season two, like your favorite song, favorite, whatever, favorite thing. Um, it's, it's weird for me because season one and two are running together. Um, I'll go first because I'm I, I want to say know it's the um, it's the Annie Lennox. Uh, oh, that was good. That was a that good was, uh, the one song and the Annie Lennox record. Oh, God, it was my favorite one on the record. I can't think of it right now. And I had been listening to this album over and over, and I stopped like two weeks ago. I should go back. Fuckity fuck, I can't remember what it is. Ugh. Anyways, it was a really dark one. It was a it was a down. It was like. It's it's like. It's a waltz, and it's like about, it's it's about a quarter of the way into the record. It's stunning. Yeah, that was a really impressive record. That was my oh. that was absolutely my favorite of the season. Yeah, nice. Brian, I think I, I think I finally I'm turning a corner with Tom Waits a little bit more. What, that- Brian? No. Yeah, that that, that one got me. I I wasn't expecting that because again, I, I I I've mentioned it when we were doing the episode, but I I've you know I listen I I give it its fair chance, and I just I've never been able to grab onto it like other people have. But I think this is the closest I've been in my life. So I can wow. thank us doing this, Brian, because nice. I've known about Brian's. Disappointment with Mr. Waits all these years, and just it's I, not disappointment. It's mostly my own disappointment for, for not getting it like I should. But it's not that you should. It's not your. It, it's not for everybody, Brian. <laughs> we got we got two buffets here, man. It's uh, there's you the know, one that's I, really good for the thinking people with the palates, and then there's the other one that's just for the rest of you fuckers. And then no. there's me over there, and I'm the, ol- you go I'm the only one in line, and I'm just <laughs> playing with, like, a cup and ball game, you know, the whole time. I'm just, I'm just at the other table eating oatmeal with my hands. <laughs> Clark, you got to try some of the purple, man. That purple's real good. Uh, oh, geez, Louise. Um, I think my favorite, uh, my favorite takeaway from the season was 
Don Juan's Reckless Daughter. Oh, wow. Um, nice. And specifically the song Talk to Me. Yeah. Uh, but that whole album, it just it just blew me away. I never I had never listened to it before. Um, I was, you know, I mean, I was aware of Joni Mitchell and I knew, like, the singles that she had put out that everybody knows. But, like, that album still just... It just gets in my head. I mean, that yeah, it's it haunting. just such a great record. It's haunting. Yeah, it's haunting. Yeah, absolutely. It haunts me. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that was definitely my biggest takeaway. And then Tom, Tom Waits as well, man. I'd, I'd never really spent any time listening to him and, and Swordfish Trombone's really like, uh, what's that one? Like, I pulled the devil's braids or whatever. Um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. Uh, uh, pulled on devil's braids, right? Is it devil's or is it someone else? But either way, um, I think it's. Brenda's braids, actually. He's talking about some Ben and Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it is. But um both of those uh were yeah, those were those are big ones. And I like that Blink 182 record, man. I really I really like that record. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was fun too. Um that was fun. That was just definitely a lot more fun and not not as challenging. But the the Swordfish Trombones and Don Juan's Reckless Daughter, I mean, those were those were challenging listens for me. Like in so much as like, it took me like a half dozen times through them just to like wrap my head around them before I could even really listen to them and absorb them, and and I haven't been challenged by music like that in a long time, and I I think it's you know a lot of it is just because you don't I don't you know go buy albums anymore like it used to be like you go right. spend twenty bucks on a CD and you'd be like I'm I'm listening to every track on the CD I spent the money I'm listening to it right and um but now with you know with streaming and everything it's just whatever but uh but that was that was cool that was really good for me and I and it kind of like I don't know it just brings me back to like you know what we're what we're trying to do here is is inspire people to you know spend some to like take some time out of your busy as fuck life and and actively just like put on a record and listen to it and and yeah. not just allow hear yourself it, listen to it yeah like allow yourself give yourself the space to like engage with it yeah give it your full it. attention and and chew and, and and really like like when we do an album that i haven't heard before i try and listen to it in a bunch of different settings. Like I'll, I'll listen to it while I'm doing chores. I'll listen to it while I'm driving. I'll listen to it while I'm on the bus. I'll listen to it when I'm laying down with my headphones on, just listening to it. And like, really like just, you know, give it some time and let it work on you. And it really is, I don't know. I mean, it's mind opening. Like it, it's, it is a medium that I, I really don't, I, I would like to see, people just allow themselves to spend a little more time doing it. I, I think it's, it's very fulfilling. I think it's, a lot it's, of, it's, I think a lot of musicians would agree with you too. It's, 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 it's sad to think that um, as a musician, that even if your music makes it to some place where somebody's just hearing it passively, that they're just hearing it passively because right. think about that. You know, it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, they're, they're just, it's background. Yeah. Yeah, I can't be in a room where my music is playing and someone is doing something else. It makes me want to grab them by the throat. It really does. And it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's such a Nazi thing for me to even be thinking like why? Well, but I mean there's a time I? and a place. Like it's that's the the beautiful thing about music. Like there's there's music that's perfectly appropriate in a party. Yeah. There's music that's perfectly like True. and uh, you know, and, but there's like just, you know, I I would encourage anybody to just give themselves permission to kind of like 
check out, like put your phone down and just listen to music. I mean, in this day and age, like we're so connected. It's just, it's almost like you're like, I can't, I can't not, I can't not check my phone for an hour. Yeah. That's the thing though. We, right. we have you, you can, that you gives can. us access to like everything, but yeah, but we, we don't take the time to really enjoy the things that gives us well, access. So many, to, yeah. there's so many things that it's like, you can't, you're just on to the next thing and on to the next thing and on to the next thing. I mean, I'm, I'm as guilty of it as anybody, but uh, if, if I, I, I can promise you, I can guarantee that if you allow yourself the time to like find an album that you like and really let yourself get into it, that you will be rewarded for that effort. Yeah. You'll appreciate and, it. More, um, definitely. You'll, you'll appreciate it more. You'll appreciate yourself and, more it, for having done it too. And the nice thing is it can mean whatever, like, don't get wrapped up in wondering what it, it can mean to you, whatever it needs to mean to you. Everything like is open to interpretation. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. You know, it's not, you're not being spoon fed what it's supposed to mean. It's, it's supposed to make you think, you know, like that's the, that's the goal. And, um, I, I just find it really rewarding uh, more so than, than I've felt about music since like literally since I was a teenager. And when you're a teenager, it's easy to engage in this stuff because everything means so much, but, but you know, yeah. um, you get swept up in life and you get older and, and, and like, it, it's, it just becomes, Hey, I remember when, hey, it's also fleeting. Yeah. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. If you let, if you let that, if you stop that conveyor belt for a second, or at least yeah. appreciate the things that are coming along on the conveyor belt, and examine them one at a time, then then you will you will, I think, find some uh, meaning and truth in that. I think so. And then from a more from a nuts and bolts standpoint, uh, I just find myself noticing little things in the recording, especially when I'm listening on the headphones, like noticing oh, yeah. little things in the background that's pan to one side or the other I mean like oh that's like that's neat like that's a uh, somebody took the time uh, to do that. Yeah, like somebody like to be able to think in 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 those di dimensions yeah, and mm -hmm. be like, you know, it would be really good as if we just put like a whisper track on the left side, super low, <laughs> like, you know, for, for no reason, but like, but it's there, you yeah. know? Right. And, um, and the beauty is to like basically hide it in plain sight where you wouldn't even notice until yeah. the, that moment. And that's what made me want to get into doing more with music was that kind of thing. Yeah. So that I don't know. It's just it's just so rewarding. It's great. Like that. It's just one of those things that when you're hearing it and you're not seeing it, you know, growing up on music videos, like like I know Brian and I did, and I'm sure Jimbo you did as well. Um, and I'm pretty sure they put those on the television back in your day. But <laughs> I was like I, before MTV. No, seriously, before MTV it was Friday Night Videos. Yeah, but um, but like to 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 just. You know, if you close your eyes and listen, then it can mean it's like it's like reading a book instead of watching a movie. It can mean anything that you want it to mean to you, which yeah. is is very liberating. But it it take it's like any other muscle. You got to exercise it to yeah. get it to work. Yeah. Anyway, I'll stop. I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, <laughs> you guys got anything else you want to say before we head to the the final lounge of season two? Yeah, I want to say that I've really enjoyed doing season two, and it's been really a thrill and. Every much a thrill as as season one, maybe even more so. We've had more guests. It's been awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having your boys in, it's been awesome. Having Herman in was awesome. Yep. Uh, Shout out to all our guests this season. Pete Dog, Herman. The, yep. My the, two Chucks. The two Chucks. Yeah. Yep. It's been great. Um, 
also like when it went exactly what Will was talking about, just actively listening to music. I've listened to so much music that I probably otherwise would not have. And I appreciate that so much. I appreciate being, uh, and I don't want to say this way, but forced, forced into listening to stuff that was, or coerced into listening to stuff that I wouldn't have ordinarily pursued or given as much time to and actually analyze the point that I've done. And it has made a big difference in my life. And I think it probably could make a difference in a lot of people's lives. So yes, like Will says, it is a big thing to really actively listen to music, really, really take it seriously. Don't make it a secondary thing. It's kind of everything. It'll help you in your everyday life. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, you want to follow that? Very nice. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. That was beautiful. Um, all right. Okay, that is the show. That is the season, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we hope that we've inspired you to spend a little more time actively listening to music. If you're feeling frisky, you can stay tuned after this outro for a section we call The Lounge. Where it's we gonna get, get dirty. Loose. We talk about this day of music history and a Billboard Top 10 from back in the day. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please tell a friend, subscribe, rate and review us, share us on your social media. Uh, go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. That helps us an awful lot. You can subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms, including Spotify. If you search for Music Mostly Pod on Spotify, you'll find the show. But also, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll find our user profile. And you can follow that, and that's where we post the playlist to the show. So you can listen to the music that we're going to talk about before you even listen to the show. It's like listening from the future. Um, you can follow our user profile as well as the show. It's a little convoluted. And for that, we apologize. Uh, check out our website at musicmostlypod.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at musicmostlypod. You can hit us up at musicmostlypod at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. For Jimbo and Brian, this is Will signing off. We will see you in the lounge in just a minute. Welcome to the lounge, ladies and gentlemen. This is the section of the show where we get a little loose. We talk about this day in music history, Billboard Top 10 from back in the day. Sometimes we hear some grievances. Sometimes the tambourine comes out. Sometimes it doesn't. How, what is the status of the tambourine, Jimbo? Oh, man, it's broken in two places. I'm not going to duct tape it again. Uh, I'm just going to let it go. I think probably get a new one. Or sort of repurpose all the little tiny symbols. Uh, into something what? else. I don't know. Into like finger symbols? Well, I, like I actually own earlier, finger single, symbols, as you know, from earlier in this yeah. episode. That's what I was playing earlier. Those are turn, actual... Turn your hands into the tambourine. That's what those are. You put them on your fingers and you play them. You put them on your fingers and you play them. Well, no, it, it's, it's from working at the <laughs> head shop. like Paul McCartney. <laughs> I put them on my fingers and I play them. I just put them on my fingers and I play That's them. Like, that's more like Ringo. Ringo now. Sorry. That's true. Sorry to call you out. Sure. Ringo is the percussionist of the group. <laughs> uh, not according to Paul. <laughs> oh, seven. And we'll watch them fall. <laughs> uh, um, all right. We are recording this on August 9th. In 1967, Scott McKenzie was at number one on the UK singles chart with San Francisco. And in parentheses, be sure to wear... Some flowers in your hair. It's only top forty hit. You're gonna written meet, by John Phillips of Mamas and the Papas. You're gonna meet. Some, you're gonna meet some gentle people there. Yeah. If you're going, I remember. And that's didn't they put that song in Forrest Gump? 
Oh, I think so, because what's hippie land at a certain point? Yeah, there's a lot of 60s. Yeah. When Jenny goes jams. to San Francisco. Yeah. She gets in a Jenny. Volkswagen Beetle with some oh. hippie. Oh, yeah, the damn hippies <laughs> took her away. <laughs> it um, dirty. It's like, t- like a Tom, Tom Waits song right there. <laughs> she gets in some damn Beetle with some hippie. No, that's the way it goes. It's like she was 15 <laughs> years old and she'd never seen the ocean. She climbed into a van with a vagabond. And the last thing she said is, I love you, mom. And a little rain wouldn't hurt no one. All right, never. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that was recorded. Yeah. That was amazing. All right, hold on a second. Uh, There it is. In uh, 1975, the Bee Gees started a two-week run at number one in the U.S. with Jive Talking, oh, second yeah. U.S. number one. Fuck yeah. Da, da, Such a good song. Meow. Was that from Saturday Night Fever 2? Absolutely. That no, was Saturday Night Fever 1. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sir. Uh, no, no, no. Don't get me started on this subject. Right. This is exactly where, this is my wheelhouse. That is a- so are you, um, you're pro Bee Gees. Oh, <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, yes, very pro. Well, this is going to um, snowball quickly then into our next one, too. Because Yeah. 1980, ABBA scored their eighth UK number one with The Winner Takes It All, taken from Super oh. Trooper, the album. By this time, both couples were divorced. I was at, so I was working this wedding over the weekend, and I've talked about that. I don't know if I mentioned it on the episode or in between, but either way, I was working this wedding over the weekend, and uh, the the DJ played Dancing Queen, and I could hear it, and so I was like, and it's ABBA time, and this uh, this server, who I had just met at the event, just looked at me, and he was like, what's wrong with ABBA? And I was like, nothing, and he was like, fucking right, nothing. <laughs> so did you dance with the server? Because that would have been awesome. Dude, seriously. <laughs> Let's go, buddy! Yeah. He he, he 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 was a very gay server. We could have danced. Oh my god, you should I was deep have. Deep frying donuts, dude. I was deep I frying danced donuts with that server. Time. I don't. I don't even give a shit. Oh, I would have danced with him. Here, I want to tell Maybe you this. I'm going to tell than you a closely man. related story. <clears throat> I was a, a groomsman in our own Brian Gardner's wedding, and <laughs> one of the only requests I had. First of all, no blue tuxes, but that happened anyways. Um, <laughs> Can't have it all, Jimbo. No, I can't. I can't. Us out. But then he was asking us, "What do you want? You're quite what the do you, bridezilla. <laughs> like, what do you what do you want to have on your um on your on your on the playlist?" And I'm like, "Abba's Dancing Queen," and he's like, "Done." So, sure enough, Abba's Dancing Queen comes on. But that was the song that came out at the wedding too. That <clears> I was just talking about. But go ahead. It's a great wedding. So, so uh, uh, I am actually engaged in conversation <laughs> with the bride's father, who is like coming at me about oh he, he's like super intense right he, he was super intense yeah he was he was a really intense guy he was nice he paid for an awesome wedding but he he just likes to talk talk he's, uh, he's he, like, he was like, smack talking he was smack talking yeah. a lot of shit and he was drunk on tequila uh, <laughs> and he was nice. coming at me and i'm like i, like I kept wanting already. to say dude dancing queen and then i'm like oh you know what he probably paid for this tux i'm wearing right now i should probably not talk right now yeah it was a very unfortunate time because that was the like but see dancing queen is is one of, let me get your read on this it's one of the few songs of which there are maybe a half dozen total you could play twice at a wedding nobody would care i think you're right i think sweet caroline it falls in that category what do you think yep 
I don't want to hear Sweet Caroline. Like rising up a second time. You think I'm going to be like, oh, we already heard this. Why would you, why would <laughs> yeah, you do no, that? Yeah. No, think about, well, I, think just, I mean, I could see Dancing Queen just like somebody being like, run it back. And the, the DJ would be like, all right, we'll do this twice in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because listen, to, the, way it enter, the way it enters, it's like this piano roll right into straight up strings and awesome. And it's just the drum beat, just the, ah, the bass line. That's a shuffle, right? Is it a shuffle? Is Dancing Queen Just do yourself a favor, actively listen to the bass line in that song. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Boom. Actually, all the bass playing is so melodic and beautiful mm -hmm. in ABBA. It's really good it's bass true. playing. Anybody could very, be that guy. True. No, not anybody. <laughs> only, <laughs> only that Swedish awesome guy. And oh, when, he was the so sweetest good. Swedish. <laughs> the sweetest Swede-ish. That's sweetest Swede. Anyway, also in 1980... <laughs> 10 original Gerald Scarf drawings for Pink Floyd's album, The Wall, were stolen from the foyer of Earl's Court, London, England, where they were being exhibited. Iconic. I mean, that's just iconic artwork for The Wall. Yeah. Like, as you were talking yeah. about, I, a lot of things popped in my head. Uh, uh, fills me with the urge to defecate. That, like, judge character with the long-ass legs yeah. and just, like, his mouth is like an anus. It's like... This is, it's just like a butt with legs. Yeah, and, yeah. It's like a butt mouth. It's so gross. And, and, hard well, to and then there's at. like the, um, just the whole, there's like the, the, like kind of like Ralph Stedman kind of text. Yeah. Yeah. Looks yep, a yeah. lot like, yeah. and well, the, the just, armies of hammers walking was also an image. Yeah. Get rid of. Right, yeah. yeah. Just such, just a super, super, super iconic. I, I just remember. I watched it so many times. You know, whenever somebody's, whenever somebody like, ask you what your favorite album cover art is because <laughs> that's another conversation we've had that goes on tangent now when you say album covers do you mean covers of albums or do you mean the, the art that was on the cover of the album <laughs> yeah didn't we have a moment when one of us thought that we, we were are, talking about yeah it happened a bunch of times whatever it well, happened a bunch of times even in Google you have to be very specific with Google because you'll start looking at stuff yeah. and you, no you I didn't mean you're penis looking at one thing I meant the, yeah, like, penis <laughs> no no pen Island. Penn is. Penn <laughs> Island. No, Dick's but, Clothing and Sporting Goods. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, what man. were you thinking? One of, uh, <laughs> one, one, of, one, of, uh, one of my wife's friends was, she's like the sweetest, sweetest like uh, woman. And she just was like, she was like, so I wanted to get some Under Armour for my husband. And so I went to dicks.com and that is not their website. <laughs> <laughs> my niece at like 14 did the same thing. Oh, and all this yeah. gay porn was popping up. And she's like, what is this? It was Dick's Sporting Goods has since bought the rights to dicks.com. Oh, it redirects Thank God. Thank God. I can just imagine. Imagine like a bunch of suits sitting in a board meeting going, listen, we will pay upwards of $20 million for the rights to dicks.com. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That actually um, happened. It had to. It's probably like a more I, quiet thing. Be like, hey. Look. Yeah. You know, come on. Yeah, you just get a letter in the mail. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's not that, it seems like really easy, simple math. Can we just have it, please? <laughs> so please don't anyway, make this more difficult um, than it needs to be. The cover, I, I can remember like the record for the wall, like my, my friend had it. And it's never, whenever somebody asks me what my favorite cover art for an album is, I, I never mention the wall, but. I always I remember it though it's like burned into my memory like it's a great one just seeing it and yeah like, it's very melting and about? washed out and sort of uh it, it, yeah 
It's not watercolors, but it looks like it wants. It's trying yeah. to be. It's it's sort of. Um, it looks like it was like drawn with a with a, like a quill. It's sort of melted. It's like melted. They're not oils. drawn, but the yeah dripping oils or something. And you know, not for nothing, the music's pretty good too. <laughs> I don't care for it. <laughs> I don't care. For it. it turns out we do need some education. I don't. Yeah, we. Do. <laughs> there should be dark sarcasm in the classroom. Uh-huh. The laddie reckons himself a poet. Ah, um, so, unfortunately, beach. some sad news. Uh, night, August 9th, 1995, that is the day that Jerry Garcia died from a heart attack. That is a bummer. Yeah. Does it tell his uh, weight at his death? Come on, no, man. I worry about that because I'm a heavy man myself. I'm a little bit heavy. You know, I'm constantly doing drugs and, like, drinking all the time. So I'm smoking cigarettes <laughs> like a jerk. And, I mean, I can't tell you how much sex I'm having over here. Plus, you just put a trampoline in. Is it, I'm probably is on my way it, out here. I'm, I'm, now, <laughs> I believe you on the drug use, but I'm going to guess the sex is none. Yeah, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> I mean, do, do, with yourself or <laughs> is there another person? Well, Still I've, I've been experimenting. I've been experimenting. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got me on a technicality. Let's just, say, let's just say I'm living my best life in, in quarantine isolation. <laughs> All right, I'm only asking. Out, that's why I was asking about his weight, because I'm concerned about my own health turn, and like how many more of, years I might have as an amazing. Well, he was 53. How old 53. are you? 53. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jim was having connection issues, but we'll move on. Um, And then when he comes back, he'll start ranting about it. Uh, In 19. uh, uh, Oh, you're back. All right. Hi, hi, hi. Um, So, Jerry Garcia, 53. How old are you? I got got a couple years in. I got got my whole life in front (laughs) of me. Literally, I got a couple good ones. A couple good ones. You know. So, I got my fingers, you know. Yeah, you know, you're, you're you're half a finger ahead of him. Got that going for me. So, <laughs> so I got that going for me. I was um, oh, I was oh, I used to work with this guy. I used to cook with this guy, and and somebody said something like, we were listening to Alice in Chains, and somebody was like, man, I'd love to get my hands on some of the drugs those guys do. guys do, and he just was like, you can't afford the drugs those guys do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get good. Oh, uh, Alice in Chains. I thought about listening to them. That's a, good, that's a good one. Yeah. So good. Anyway, uh, birthdays, 1963, another sad one. Whitney Houston's birthday. Happy birthday, Whitney Houston. Whitney. Um, yeah. I like this, the sentiment there, Brian. I lost her too early. Yeah. You know. Just, oh, I just can't even imagine, like, what the landscape of, of like, female R&B and pop would be if she, if she were still here. All I can think uh, about is The Bodyguard 2. You know, with that, would like, the, like, wait, there's a second one. Wait, like, no, there wasn't, but there would have been. It would have been. She had it would have been like her <laughs> and Kevin Costner's son, and it would have been the bodyguard T O O. The bodyguard also. <laughs> the bodyguard as well. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, I just plant the seed. You guys take it. <laughs> oh, you do not want to see the whiteboard in a production meeting, people. <laughs> Um, yeah. Happy birthday, Whitney Houston. Also, happy birthday 
1946, Marinus Gerdison, Gerdit Gerritson, Gerritson of Golden Earring. Yeah. It doesn't even say what Marinus, who I assume is a man, played. But Radar Love, man, that shit was hot. Yeah. It was also uh, was there? there was another one. What was their what second was the song? Other one? Um, dead and do, dead and do, dead and do, dead and do. That's, that's Radar Love. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Driving on red on the wheel. Man, that's, that's Radar Love. I should that's, know all, that's also Radar Love. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. just keep saying Radar Love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I realize it's still Radar Love. Okay. But there was another hit. I just can't think of it. There was. There was. I really should know it because it came on the radio when I worked at the bank. And everyone's like, Twilight Zone. Stepping into the Twilight Zone. Anything, anything that we mention right now is going to be actually Foghat. So she would not sing it. <laughs> No, it was we that fog hat loop again. Happy birthday, Marinus. Also, Pete Thomas, drummer with Elvis Costello in the Attractions, born in 1954. As a session drummer, he's also worked with Suzanne Vega, Neil Finn, Vonda Shepard, Cheryl Crow, and I quote, others. Uh huh. I like all those people. I'm, Suzanne Vega, uh, Elvis Costello, yeah, well, Finn. I'm a big fan of others. I really like mm-hmm. the others. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the others. That's that's really that's that's where you know you know you know there they're my people. They are your people. My favorite um, record is Various Artists. <laughs> another fun fact. Uh, interestingly and coincidentally, the Grateful Dead have never played a show on August 9th. and it was coincidentally the day that Jerry died, which. Uh, it's one of those rock and roll coincidences that seems a little too eerie to. I like how you can really you can spin a tail from that and get a nice conspiracy yeah. theory going. Like you could really get a nice conspiracy theory going because I mean they played for thirty years before. You know? Yeah, how do you never <laughs> play a show on August 9th for thirty years? Yeah, and then he just so happens. Also, can we yeah. find a better plural for coincidence? I think we probably I, can. Let's, let's come up with something. Coincidences. Coincidai. Coincidai. It's, it's, it's actually coinky dinks. Coinky dinks. It's fucking Popeye speak. Coinky yeah. dink. All right, let's, from now on, no one says coincidences. People say coinky dinks. Okay. There were several so, coinky dinks. Know, there were several coinky dinks on the highway today. You want to stay away from the five. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make its way to the afternoon news. Oh, God. Let's so, do that. when I was in high school, uh, I always thought about, and I wonder if you guys think the same way. I always thought about the dead and Pink Floyd, like in the same vein, kind of like one would think about uh, the Stones and Led Zeppelin, like like two sides of a coin. I always kind of thought of the dead and Pink Floyd as like two sides to the, shall we say for lack of a better term, kind of counterculture of the 60s, 70s. And I wondered if you guys, if that was a similar experience for you or if that's just all in my head. I think it's two very different avenues of Right, like very different sounds. Sonically, they sound nothing alike. There's probably a year or two that I I actually would uh, uh, reach for them in the same way out of my cassette pile. I I I would be seeking the same sort of energy. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't. I, I explored more Pink Floyd catalog and explored more uh, Grateful I Dead catalog. I listened a lot more Floyd than the Dead. Yeah, yeah. And as the more I listened to the Floyd, I was like, all right. And I stopped listening to the Dead. I was like, all right. So yeah. But you're right. There was a moment when there was an overlap. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, that happened. And I would love to see both of them at concert, but I, I can't imagine. 
Like, I'm going to see Fish twice this week. I'm super stoked about that. I can imagine seeing The Dead a dozen times. I can't imagine seeing Pink Floyd a dozen times. I can. I could. I, li- I, would, li- I would like to see David Gilmore live in my life. Like, in a row. Like, I can't imagine going to see Pink Floyd, like, more nights than not in a summer. Like, I can imagine The Dead or Fish. I don't know why. Like, because it just doesn't seem like a party. It just seems a lot more intense. Yeah, I'm not looking for a party. I'm looking for awesome music, and I think that uh, David Gilmore is more awesome, honestly. Even, like, his solo stuff, uh, I just really enjoy it. I could could see him... I could see him three or four times in a year and still be satisfied at the fourth time. I think I would agree with that. So yeah, but I feel like it, I could see the dead like three or four times in a week and be just as satisfied. Yeah, I couldn't. I would throw up in my shoes and want to leave. I would hate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I, that's out of my realm. That's a lot of silly noodling and douchebaggery. Yeah. Ouch. The party. Ouch. Well, the party itself, but I'm not looking for a party. I'm looking for hearing like shit that blows my hair back. And that's a fucking well, so David that's Gilmore interesting. It's, it's 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 a different vibe. I mean, it's a whole different field. You're going to the show for a different reason, for the music, as opposed to not the music, as opposed to the party. Right, right. So I want to go to a party. I'll go to a party, and then I will be a Nazi and control <laughs> and the music. I'll put at that party. on some Big Floyd <laughs> and lament about how this, I'm not at the Big Floyd show. The saddest <laughs> solo David Gilmore ballad I can find, and you better sit and fucking listen. <laughs> and I, I literally will. I have done that. And then they're like, "You need to leave right now." I'm like, "Oh, you can't. You can't make me leave." They're Everybody's like, having a good time. Are here. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> Probably go. People are shotgunning beers. People are who hooting and hollering. And Jimbo's like, yeah, so I got a saucer full of secrets on my yeah. Roger Waters, who? <laughs> Everybody shut up. Let's listen. Just, just, if we could just pick past this moment. Okay, I'm rewinding again. Fine. The first, the first <laughs> four minutes of the song are really quiet. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Everything be fine. You really appreciate it. Could you just fall in love with this one little segment? That's all I need from you. I'm not asking much. <laughs> oh, there's, boy. there's a whisper track on the left side. If Jeff would just <laughs> shut up so we could hear it. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, oh, all right. Uh, um, I am the worst person to hang out listening to you, but honestly. I really am. Gonna, I don't remember anybody. Never, anybody. I, Everyone's, <laughs> if I ever say, come to my house and listen to music, be like, yeah, man. You run. No. And you run far. I, I'm good, bro. I'm good. <laughs> I, I, got, I, got a, I got a thing. Um, I have a basement, just so you know. <laughs> uh, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I don't have a basement. You, I have have a basement. you live on the second floor. You don't have an attic either. I kind of do. Not that you know of. Okay, let's yeah, keep moving on. Keep it. moving on. I don't want to know about it. Um, <laughs> oh, all right, we're going to do the uh, the Billboard Top 10 from June 2nd, 2001, because this is the week, the first week that Lady Marmalade by Christina Aguilera, Little Kim, Maya, and Pink hit number one, which is the second time that the song Lady Marmalade hit number one. What was the first time, Will? That was by LaBelle back in the 70s. I kind of appreciated that one better, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. This was off of the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. I know. I had a movie. That movie too. Everyone did. Um, it was a good movie. Yeah. yeah, it's a good movie. There's no denying it. That was a great film. I'll watch but, it like uh, even now and be like, damn, they really yeah. fucking nailed it, man. 
He did. It's, there's no two ways about he it. That was a it. great fucking movie. John Leguizamo killed it. <sighs> John Leguizamo. Yo, McGregor, man. Track. Some of those, like, vocal Well, moments. they all did. I mean, they all did, but, like, those... And I love the uh, the Kiss, uh, I Was Made for Loving You, You Were Made for Loving Me. I love the, the way they worked that into that movie. It was great. It was a great movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that was number one. Uh, number two was All for You by Janet, which I assume is Janet Jackson. Um... I don't remember that one. From 2001, I don't remember Janet Jackson. Maybe it's not Janet Jackson. Maybe it's Janet. Somebody else. Janet. I don't remember Janet. If it wasn't Janet Jackson, I definitely don't remember it. Janet. But it was a former number one. Former number one. She's Janet. She was trying to go a little deeper. Well, she had that album called, the album, she had had an album titled Janet, but I feel like that was a little, or that was like late 90s, mid to late 90s, not 2001. But I could be wrong. I have been before. it's, It's Janet Jackson. Nailed it. Yep. Uh, it. Brian does very well. Three, uh, Survivor by Destiny's Child. This is oh, this was a hot track. Yeah. This was not their first hit, but this was their first like was big, big one. hit. That was a monster hit. Yeah, former number two, presumably because these two songs ahead of it were number ones. Also, very monster songs. Yeah. Uh, number four, "Hang a By a Moment" by Lifehouse. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, that was produced by your boy Brendan O'Brien. Right, I think that's true. Yeah, um, man, Will, you got the you got the thing for this. You're pretty good. I know. That's why. That's why. This is why okay, my okay. employment sucks. Not, yeah. Because my brain's full of this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is why I serve meat to <laughs> vegetarians. And, oops. <laughs> um, but that's. A, I mean, I don't know. People like that was one of those songs. I remember vividly being in college and people hating on that song. Like it was like one of those songs that was easy to hate on, but that was a quality song. Anyway, I think I had a very distinct voice. Some weird, big, clunky glasses. You can hear it um, probably at least once a day on Light Rock 97.3 if you tune in. I would hear it often. <laughs> it was on at the bank. Uh, number five is Ride With Me by Nelly. Uh, that, that is unambiguously a hot track. Dude, everything. Damn, first class sitting next to Vanna White. I mean, this was the, so. This was the third single off of uh, his debut album, which which was either called Nelly or it was called Country Grammar. Country Grammar being the first single, and right. then EI was the second single, and this was the third single. This is the hottest single. I mean, this was just like it has like that guitar, like that like strummy, funky guitar. Yeah. Uh, that was it's it's easy to forget like how huge that record was. Like for like oh, yeah. for like eighteen months, Nelly was. Everywhere, yeah, that that just you couldn't escape it. Like when Country Grammar came out, like just the way that song opens up with like it's just like hot shit, and then and then the bass, like that's a sick bass line. Anyway, um, this was a hot track. Must be the money. I remember I was in quantitative analysis class in summer school, and like the professor was like this young dude, and he was like easily the nerdiest guy I've ever met, and and he even said like must be the money as we were doing like some function in Microsoft Excel, like this <laughs> this song had this song made it it made it to Geek Chic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. crossed over before Geek Chic was a thing yeah um, number six uh, was Follow Me by Uncle Cracker I remember that one yeah that was alright yeah yeah that was like his first track after being Kid Rock's DJ. 
Yeah, I uh, can't think of how that goes though. I I know that. I, follow me, everything is Okay. I actually nobody. I actually really really don't like that song. Unfortunately, I just don't. I think it's I think it's fine. <laughs> it's, like it's, yeah. I mean, I guess I can't say that it's there's anything. It's fine. Yeah. It's not like amazing, but. That's a it's a fine song. It's just I don't know. I feel like when I would hear that song, I would be in situations that I wouldn't necessarily want to find myself in. I don't know. Uh, here's I, what I, happened. I don't want to he was hanging out with he was hanging out with some producer. Got some room with the producer. Said, "Hey man, I got this one pop song. He's like, this is a great fucking idea, man. Let's put this song out. And you can like totally bring it like a totally a solo uh, a solo career. Yeah, you put a solo. Da, 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 da. And then and then and there's the one, some of this. That was it." Done, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just you know, everybody thought it was the greatest great idea in the world. Like, okay, no, what do you that, mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, oh, let's see here. Number seven is a song by Fiesta by one R. Kelly featuring Jay Z and Boo and Gotti. Yeah, I'll just leave that one alone. Number eight <laughs> is um. Thank you by Dido. I just heard this song like two days ago, and damn, yeah, it's, be- it's a beautiful song. So this was been was this a hit before or after the Eminem song? Because this was number three. Before I think I, I want the Eminem song didn't come out until mid to late two thousands. I want to say it was it was years after. Stan, I thought that was late nineties. Oh, I could be wrong. Maybe? I don't remember. I guess I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know. I, I, I haven't done the research. Neither have I. It's probably why we're a second or maybe third rate show. I'm going to go for fourth. We're number four. Oh. <laughs> can't, can't be a four. Or, I don't know. <laughs> number nine is Get Your Freak On by Missy Elliott, and that is a hot fucking track. Yeah, it's good, oh, yeah. Good I don't care what anybody says. Pretty much everything I mean, Missy Elliott did was it's kind of, oh, was like it always had criminally an fucking yes. criminally underrated. Yeah, yeah. I just think and, that and like, like and she's rated high and still criminally underrated. Yeah, I think right, so too. right. I, I just think Missy yeah, Elliott anything like, she did had a bit of nasty to it, and it was like just uh, like it's just so good. It was so weird, salty, so salty, so just of just beautifully weird and out there. Yep. And just like uninhibited, and I mean to this day, like you'll have people who just be like holler, and you know exactly what they're talking about. They're talking yeah. about this song. Well, she had like her own flavor that was like Old Bay, and it would just like make everything awesome. Yeah, Portsmouth, Virginia, man. She's <laughs> from like where her, I'm her from. Own, her own. I'm actually. Name. Let me just let me qualify that statement. I happen to be from somewhere near where she is from, but nobody's from anywhere near her. Like game wise, like she's no. just no, I agree with on that. another level. She's very impressive. She's next level. She was ahead of her time. Yeah. I mean, she's still ahead of her time. It's she's like, still ahead she's of her time. Still like her and Timbaland both. I mean, they're you know from the same neighborhood and like just so out there. I almost or- yeah, ordered something the, was going the, uh, on. I mean, something was in the, the water there. Like I was, I was almost ordered the Timbaland masterclass the other day. I think I'm going to do it. Oh man, that, that looks good. I, I would, I would, I would enjoy watching that one. I would too. I think, I think what it is is. Is we and I'm just gonna throw myself in the ring with Timberland and Missy. We are from Southeast Virginia, 
which is not anywhere. And so it's almost like nobody expects anything out of you and, you and you have nothing to lose and there's no sound, you know, but like DC is close, but Atlanta is like, Atlanta Where is the hub of like the Southeast. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, I don't know, like th they could have started writing and making music with no expectations and no like influence from like any sort of like label people or anything like that. Uh, you know who else is from the same area? The Neptunes, Pharrell and Chad Hugo, damn. same area. They're from Virginia Beach. God damn. And 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 that they as well, just like gloriously weird, you know. Yep. In a very very tight and, and poppy way, I heard somebody talking about Timberland the other day and talking about what what he does better than anybody else is like turn his voice or like a vocal styling into a beat. Like he just incorporates. That's, I'm, I'm, pr voice. I'm pretty sure there's probably at least an hour of that in the masterclass. Well, there's like yeah. a snippet of it in the, in the, the preview for the, the masterclass where he's like, just in a mic oh, and he's like, <laughs> and then he yeah. like goes back and like recreates what yeah. he was playing. Like he always in starts that. with his voice yeah. apparently. So it always starts that way, which means it just, it's almost like if you're starting from inside your head instead of from a sample or something, it's just, I don't know. It's That's, amazing. Yeah. Cannot say enough good things about Missy Elliott. For sure. Should listen to more of her. Uh, and then number 10 is is What Would You Do by City High, which is I'm not I'm not familiar with that track. I, and I, I should be because they have a track called uh it's called Caramel, but you may think of it as like a sunrise. That's just a great, they're just a great like uh mm. kind of like vocal slash hip hop kind of group. Uh, you know, a female and a male vocalist. Really good. Just uh, I don't I don't remember this song, but there's a song that's called Caramel. I would highly recommend. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know that. Really good, kind of Destiny Childy, you know, like early two thousands, kind of like pop R and B stuff. Okay, really good. I will check that out. Yeah. Well, I think that's it, boys. I could ask a question. Please. Have either of you guys been out in the sun recently? You both look very pale. I look pale. I'm out in the sun every day. Are you really? I feel. Yeah, I have like a pretty serious farmer's tan going on. Okay, good for you, man. Good for you. I feel I need okay. the odd lighting. I'm not sure. Actually, I think no, I'm no, no, you washed out. Well, you certainly look. You certainly look browner than your friend Will. Will is looking like Nosferatu. I was concerned. Yeah. <laughs> the baby like. It's, it's not my best look. I have a nice sheen on me because it's like 95 degrees in this room. Well, now you're a well, you're because, an IT, so you know you're. Yeah, no, I'm an IT. I don't get out much. You don't get any. <laughs> I, I have giant bags on my ass because two nights ago I was up till 3:30 in the morning for no reason. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> but thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, I was like, trying to make you guys feel better. You yeah, know? Just, yeah. <laughs> thanks for bringing out a good feeling. You know. Everyone to I feel thought, happy I thought, here I thought I was doing good until you had yeah. man you look great yeah everything right yeah, looks good you look, no, 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 you look good you look great <laughs> I'm fat as a house well Will you're 60 right no I'm I'm 43 what oh. is it what are you just turned wow. 72 <laughs> how old are you alright that's it man that's season 2 in the bag you guys season got anything two. else you want to say uh, Brian you must have something close it out do something there is no pressure there's I zero pressure here <laughs> seriously no pressure at all you don't have to uh, I'm not going to say a fucking word now. <laughs> all right, all right. No, no. All right. no. It's, yes. You good? Never mind. Good. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, that's, a, you know, fine. It's nothing. 
It's nothing. It's been it's been fine. <laughs> My star. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is season two in the bag. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back in the fall, uh, sometime in the late September to mid October region or something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, until we meet again, until then, always, always be better and get a victory every day. <laughs>